It's that confidence to understand because of your creative, you know, your unique combination of who you are, that what you put into the world needs to be there because of how you will present it. And so there shouldn't be a hesitancy or a doubt or a comparison around it. You know, just stepping confidently into it and thriving in it, because when you're in your calling, then you should be confident in it. Welcome to Everything is Spiritual, a podcast from Soul Care Urban Retreat Center. We're talking with local folks, faith leaders, creatives, thinkers, and community advocates, getting personal about their faith and spirituality and how it shows up in their daily life and work. I'm Kelly Skinner, your host, and I'm sharing these heart-centered conversations to invite you to become more aware that everything is spiritual and to deeply connect with what is most true and alive in your own everyday life. Hello, Seekers. I'm super excited to share my conversation with Beth Walker. She's a mom of two, a writer. She does content marketing. She's a ministry leader, and she's so much more. But she's also the wife of a football coach. Beth knows the challenges of being married to someone whose career is in the public eye and balancing that with the need to show up as her best and most authentic self. In her recently published book, Lessons from the Sidelines, Beth shares personal stories as a coach's wife, as well as interviews with other women in supporting roles. They talk openly about how to manage a relationship and family when one partner has a high-profile job. Beth offers excellent insight and practical steps for women on how to find and express their voice and pursue their own callings even as they support their husband's careers. While it's written from a wife's perspective, this book is a must read for any couple where one partner's career shapes everything you decide to do and how you function in daily life. It speaks not just to coaches' wives, but partners who are in industries like sports and ministry, the military, medicine, farming, or even college administration or a high-level executive. These folks have unique challenges to navigate that differ, differ from the struggles of other couples. Hey, Beth, it's so good to see you. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about your book and to talk about some of the the insights that I've gotten from reading it. And it's just so great. But before we dive into that incredible book that you've written, I want to start by setting the stage. So can you give me a little bit of background about you and your journey and how you came to the Shambana area? Yes. So my husband and I met in college north of Chicago, and he is a football coach, and he was coaching college at the time. So we have moved a few times. We have toured Illinois from the northern suburbs to the southern suburbs or to the southern rural areas, and we've been out to Virginia. And as our boys have gotten older, uh, they put their foot down and decided they were done And so as year 16 of uh, small college coaching hit and we were facing the surprise opportunity to move anywhere we would, we wanted to, Ordell had, he had been teaching and coaching in Virginia and had been talking for a couple of years about wanting to get back in the classroom. 
and our kids deciding or asking to please not move again kind of confirmed that high school was the way to look. And we both wanted to be in a more diverse area. We were both missing being in a more populous area. And it, Urbana has just been a an excellent match for everything that we were looking for. That's awesome. So you have uh, two kids. How old are your kids? Oh, just turned 14 and uh, 15 and a half. So we're about to hit the, the driving permit stage here. Oh, <laughs> so you have a blog and you've actually been writing for quite some time. So how did the idea for your book Lessons from the Sidelines come about? Where Where were you? We were in Virginia at the time and I had been writing. Um, I kind of, I process uh, my thinking better as I write. And I was a part of an online writing group and an editor was launching a devotional blog. And so I submitted some content to her and wrote for her for a little while. And then she was launching an additional project and um, kind of a mastermind creative thinking a group and just kind of said, Hey, if you want to apply for this, if you have any longer projects that you're thinking about or, or you have in the works, you know, submit something. And I had always thought my blog content might be helpful as a, a book at some point. I had originally started blogging to keep our family that was far away up to date on the kids and coach's wife started reading it. And, you know, one thing kind of led to another. And so, I don't know. It just kind of fell together. And, but my editor really, she shaped these kind of tiny ideas into a broader, just a holistic idea of um, what I thought was a really narrow, oh, this, this information just helps coaches wives. And uh, she was really able to kind of speak some truth over me and to say, you know, your voice is a little broader than you think it is. <laughs> your your insights are are actually helpful to me as well. And the more people who said that to me, you know, in the in the mastermind group or in the um, devotional group, more affirming it was, and the more confidence I had as I wrote. Hmm, that's really neat. So when I was reading it, um, there were so many things that I was struck by, and there was so many themes that are relevant to women in general and people in general, really. But I do love the concept of reaching out to coaches' wives and 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 anybody really who has a a partner who has a high profile job and a high time commitment job. And I know for me, one of the things that struck me was this line that said, if we decide to fulfill other people's expectations, we'll spend our lives striving to be worthy in everyone else's eyes. Wow. (laughs) So for you, what was your aha moment when you needed to find your sweet spot and not focus on other people's expectations? I think it was kind of an evolving thing, but as a coach's wife of a, when Ordell became a head coach, um, I distinctly remember we had been in, he had been an assistant coach in the community and 
all of a sudden he was promoted to a head coach and it was announced in the paper. And so we knew everyone in the community. And I spent that first week hearing, congratulations, are you ready for your new job? And it struck me after a few days, I wasn't getting paid for anything. And what did everyone think that I needed to be ready for? And I went to the previous head coach's wife, who's a good friend of mine, and they hadn't, uh, she hadn't moved yet. And I, I just said, why does everyone keep saying this to me? You know, I've, it's not like I'm not aware of what you, you are doing. And, you know, the reality is that that, that leap came with so much more responsibility and, and so many more unwritten and unspoken expectations that I just, we had been sheltered from. And I do think the reality is whether you are a small um, or a big fish in a small pond or a, a, a big fish in a, in a big pond, that when you're in a situation where your husband has a job or your, your partner has a job that fills up the majority of the calendar, that as their partner in life, sometimes have to fight to for some of the oxygen in the house, <laughs> some of the space on the calendar. And also, you know, it's that balance of, I want my husband to succeed. I, it's not that I want them to fail. And I understand that part of being a partner to him is cheering him on. Just like him being a partner to me is him creating space for me and cheering me on. I mean, it's part of the deal when you, you know, when you care about someone, but if I don't know how to do that well, to set up boundaries and to say, no, I will end up running around saying yes to everyone else and never say, never say, Hey, this is how I can best help you so that I can also do what I need to do so that I don't lose myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was hard for you about examining that part of your life and choosing to make an adjustment? I think a lot of times women in general kind of sometimes put their lives on hold for for their children, for their spouse, for other things besides themselves. So what what was kind of hard for you to to do that? I I mean, I think your insight is 100% accurate. And I think sometimes we're even told to do that. (laughs) And so there's that balance there. For me... We moved from the northern suburbs of Chicago, where I could kind of explore anything I wanted to do, to a small rural community where there just there weren't a lot of opportunities. And this was, you know, twenty some years ago, and so it, you know, it, we didn't have the abilities to do things that we do now. And so I was much more limited. And then this line, and and I I do profile other women in my book, and one of the lines that stands out a lot when I talk to other people now is from my friend, Anne, who said, you know, there's a difference between being competent in something and, you know, you can do something you're qualified to do because you're competent. And I think that women kind of convince themselves, oh, well, this is my calling because I'm competent in it. And you do kind of get in these ruts where you just say, oh, I'm, I can do this. I'll be happy. And you, you know, I'm, I'm, good at this. And so I'll just convince myself I'm happy instead of pursuing that passion, even if it's a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. 
So one of the other things that I really liked this book, especially as a coach's wife myself, um, so much of it hit home. And I was really tickled when you talked about the Enneagram and about learning about your types uh, helped with communication in your marriage. And for me, that has been true. I, I really appreciate the Enneagram as a tool to talk and give language to all these different traits and needs and desires and, and ways of being in the world. So what did you discover about the Enneagram and what made it so helpful or how did you discover the Enneagram and what made it so helpful for you? That's a good question. I don't remember how we first discovered it. Probably Brene Brown or some type of a podcast around a discussion with her would be how we were introduced. No, it couldn't have been her. Maybe it was, I don't know. I Ian Cron was how I was introduced to it. So I'm not sure I was originally introduced to it outside of his podcast, but I started listening to the road back to you podcast. And, you know, when I, I know people have said when they read his book and they come across the chapter that describes them, they just feel very seen. I remember listening to the podcast and feeling the same way about a couple of the different numbers and thinking, okay, this is very different than any personality test. This is not a personality test. Mm-hmm. And his partner, Suzanne Stabil's book um, talks about how the Enneagram, it's the path between us. And it talks about how when you, the numbers can build better relationships together. And for me, that was the most insightful thing in the sense of when you can speak someone else's language, not to manipulate them, but to understand the framework of why you speak to people the way you do, why they speak to you the way they speak to you, and how when you speak their language, you will move forward more efficiently and effectively. (laughs) It was so helpful in our marriage in the sense of, okay, I feel like sometimes we're two passing ships and it's incredibly frustrating. And I think sometimes our fights start just simply because we are just not hearing each other, even though we think that we're really great communicators. (laughs) And so hearing, you know, being able to say, okay, I think this is what Ordell's number is. And maybe if I tried talking this language, we would get a little further and just in like, this is what I need from you, or this is how I need you to, um, to serve our family. And, you know, he's an Enneagram five and it's an interesting, interesting number. But, you know, one of the things that I, I learned is as an introvert, he's a unique introvert in this way that uh, the way his energy is stored up. And I just, I remember saying to him one day, I just need you to plan out how you use your energy so that you so that you have enough energy every day for me and the kids. And it was like this light bulb went on for him, but it was language directly from Suzanne Seville. And it's not anything I would have ever known to say. (laughs) And it was the simplest request ever. And it has completely changed our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I had been asking 
or, you know, hey, you know, when you come to New York, we just have a conversation for probably years. Yep. <laughs> but yep. that tiny little sentence just said just slightly differently, mm-hmm. you, you know, he was able to hear it. And yeah. so, and it didn't take much. It was just the effort of this is a man I love and I want to know how to communicate better. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps you understand the driving force behind that exterior behavior. Yeah. And one of the things I love about the Enneagram is that different people can even exhibit or do the same things. They can they can have the same behavior, but different types have different underlying motivations mm-hmm. for that behavior that's driving it. So I think that when you have an understanding of where, what somebody's type is, it can help you get underneath the surface a little bit more. And I love that piece about the energy and, you know, are you driven by your head and your intellectualizing? Are you driven by your heart and your feelings? Or are you driven by your, your gut and your instinct and connecting with that too? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think the most insightful part is, am I healthy or unhealthy? And I think that self, it takes self-awareness, but most personality tests don't do that. You know, they don't tell you why you're behaving a certain way when you're behaving poorly. Mm-hmm. And that's vital because if I'm, if I'm snapping at people or if I'm pulling into myself, there's a reason behind it. And mm-hmm. even if I'm saying outwardly, this is why internally, I know there's a different reason mm-hmm. and it's on me to self-adjust. What's your type? I'm an eight, but I'm that subtype, that social eight. Oh, and yeah. So, mm-hmm. which took a long time. I actually worked with an Enneagram coach because I kept saying I was a two and she kept saying, I, I am because when you're healthy, <laughs> <laughs> looks like they're a two. <laughs> so, or, you know, they uh, display the two. But it was funny because I kept listening to all these podcasts and reading all these things and going, I'm a two until you get to here. Uh-huh. And then I'm, and she, and so finally I worked with an Enneagram coach and she was like, you're not a two look at the mm-hmm. subtypes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, and for one of the things about that podcast that is really good is that they interview, they have panel discussions and interviews with people of different numbers. And so if you're exploring the Enneagram and you're in doubt or you're trying to connect or or find something that resonates or you're unsure what number you are, you can listen to people's other people's lived experiences and see if they resonate with you. Because um, mm-hmm. when I first looked at it, I was actually convinced that I was a five. And later learned that when I'm an eight as well, and when fives go to unhealth, they go towards when eights go to be unhealthy, they go towards five. And that actually gave me a lot of insight. So yeah, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. And I love that you included that in your book. Yeah. So one of the things I have in my book is a like as you're understanding your calling, is like you really need to know yourself. And for me, even if with all those other personality tests, that was the one that stood out. And so, you know, it was really important that I offered the why behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you even help direct people to a resource where they can learn about that themselves, right? Yes. So I have on my website, I have a free download. You don't even have to put your email in, but it's in the back of the book as well. 
that it's a study, the understanding your calling is a seven-step action plan just to kind of help people go through the initial steps of my process and understand what I, the journey I went through of understanding my calling. Mm -hmm. So you have this just wonderful mantra from the book, clarify your calling, bloom where you are planted and thrive in your sweet spot. So what does that mean to you? So first, understand your unique set of gifts and talents that, you know, you were created. Everyone, God creates everyone in just this unique way with, you know, we're all just created individually. And then bloom where you're planted really goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, not waiting until the kids are older, but like, if you understand your calling, like, you know, I'm created to be a writer I don't need to wait till my kids are older to do that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, fulfill writing a book right away, but I can be taking classes or writing blog posts or doing something so that when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not resentful that I'm just starting at square one. I will have built my calling resume to, you know, to, to in some way, you know, to some degree. And even if it's just five minutes a day of practicing your writing or, you know, just use that as an example, you can always be moving forward in your calling. And then really, and then that sweet spot, thriving in your sweet spot to me is the understanding that even if you have the exact same calling as someone else, like there are a lot of podcasts out there, but Kelly, your podcast is only is going to be unique because you are the one doing it. And so it's that confidence to understand because of your creative, you know, your unique combination of who you are, that what you put into the world needs to be there because of how you will present it. And so there shouldn't be a hesitancy or a doubt or a comparison around it, you know, just stepping confidently into it and thriving in it. Because when you're in your calling, that you should be confident in it, you know, especially if you've gone to all that trouble to build that resume around. Mm -hmm. Oh, all of those things are so true. And I've talked with so many people who are waiting for the right moment to pursue their calling. And again, whether it's their kids are out of the house or waiting till they retire or waiting until they've gotten some sort of degree or certification or waiting until they've been invited. And mm -hmm. it's not about waiting. It's about really becoming self-aware and being open to where where God is calling you and and knowing and having confidence that you are a unique set of gifts and talents. So this is such a gift to be able to not just share that, oh, it's important, but you go the extra mile and say, it's important and here's a roadmap for mm -hmm. you to do it. And that's so unique because there's so many I think there's a lot of voices out there who are saying this is important, this is important, and this is important, but they're not helping people take those steps. So what you have done in providing that scaffolding is just incredible, and, and I, I'm really grateful to have that resource. So what are some other tools or advice would you share with our listeners to figure out for yourself and 
what God is calling them to do? So in addition to the understanding your calling download that I have, I also have created a mighty network because I think that, you know, in the digital age, obviously we have a ton of available resources to us, but I wanted to provide something that was free for people who uh, were specifically going through book that I'd created so that the language would be consistent. And so people can log in and talk through whatever steps they're they're on and they should be able to communicate with other people. And it's also a resource for, you know, spiritual development and professional development and personal development. And so it's specific for, you know, just those seven steps. I'm trying to keep it limited to that. But as people are pondering and they're, you know, just kind of going through that per, that process of pursuing their calling, um, that's available to them. I also think that, you know, there's certainly opportunities where if you are wanting to build out that resume, you know, even just the simplest things like looking on Facebook for different groups within your affinities can help bridge the gap in, you know, I need to build out these tools. I need, you know, watching a free webinar can just start to help to develop those skills. And you never know what will lead to that. Obviously, like something like a mastermind is going to cost you a lot more money. And so I always say start for free. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty frugal. So I say start for free. However, I also am a big believer in investing in yourself. And so Mm -hmm. memberships are a key way to make sure that you're moving forward in investing in yourself. And so if there's a local group that you can invest in that's going to hold you accountable to something, I also cheer, I also always encourage people to invest in themselves to be held accountable to moving forward in different ways. Whether that's just, um, you know, like having an Enneagram coach to learn about different things or you know, having an accountability group where you're even just meeting together, um, small group at church or, you know, whatever it is that you can look people in the eye and say, I'm moving forward in these goals. There's also a separate download on my website where I actually help like different smart goals and kind of help people try to coach people through like, now that you've done the understanding your calling process, now here's the actionable, like, steps that you can take to set up smart goals and, you know, kind of move forward in that. But it's more of just like the framework for it. And I really think it should be done with a partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so actually Soul Care last year, we were offering some goal accountability groups for people to come in and hang out on a monthly basis at Soul Care and talk about personal or professional goal setting and accountability. So we're a great resource for that as well. So... Well, and I think it's also a perfect way to get to know people in your community. And Mm -hmm. as a coach's wife, who's had to move around a lot, a space like soul care is perfect because you're going to get to know people who are also in the same mindset. And Mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a significant resource. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was poking around on your blog. I saw that you're a power sheets person and I am too. So a lot of my goal setting accountability, while you don't need to use a specific system, it's a really good system to work through. So that's actually what I use as the framework for goal accountability as well. Um, Yeah. I did my prep work. 
I did my, I just finished my prep work a couple of weeks ago for this mm-hmm. year. Yep. So you come from a, a Christian spirituality. So if you could come sum up your spirituality right now in one or two sentences, what would it be? So I've been really leaning into um, Luke 10, 26. It's the parable of the Samaritan. But, you know, the, the thing that about it for me that really stood out was the law or, you know, it's the parable where the teacher, the lawman is trying to find a way around what Jesus is teaching. And so Jesus tells him essentially the story of the Good Samaritan. And then he says, who do you think did the right thing? And and he says, you know, then you go and do the same when it comes to the Good Samaritan. And the reality is it comes back to just do what the Bible says to do. <laughs> just love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, you've answered correctly. Just do this, you know, and then to me, it's like, you can try to finagle your way around and you're it. The reality is just do what the Bible says to do, just do it. And, you know, I've, I've been really striving to understand the Bible as clearly as possible and then just do it. I'm not going to be perfect in it, but every day I'm just trying to do it a little better. Mm-hmm. And so as that's a summary of your spirituality, how would you say that that has played out for you in your life, you know, in this past year and moving forward into the next year? You know, we have amazing neighbors all around us, but we have also had as a part of our calling as um, as a married couple to always serve our team. And so, you know, whoever's placed in front of us, like, it doesn't matter who they are. That's our neighbor. And, you know, we're just going to love them um, as as best we can. And right now with football, we don't know what that looks like, but we're going to do it to the best of our ability, however, however we can. And if that means that we have a football season, then great. But, you know, with the public school, you do what you can. You just, a lot of times it just, like for me, that's taking pictures on the sidelines most years. And making sure that those parents have great memories of their kids' football season, making sure that they saw that tackle, you know, and and that they got to celebrate those moments on the sidelines that you don't necessarily see from the bleachers. But I don't know what that'll look like this year, you know, but at the same time, we're caring for them in any way we can, if it's an encouraging word or, but we also are just being as kind as we can to our neighbors and being a listening ear to the people who are reaching out and reaching out and supporting those who we see are wounded and need an encouraging voice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So how can people connect with you? How can they pick up a copy of your book? So I keep some locally here, but they are also available on Amazon. And so I have, um, there's an easy button on my website at uh, (laughs) lessonsfromthesidelines.com. It'll take you right to my author page, or you can just look on um, amazon.com and it's Lessons from the Sidelines. Um, It's on Kindle or a print copy. And then it's also available at cross-training publishing.com. 
and we will link all of that stuff on the Soul Care website as well in the podcast notes so you can have easy access to that uh, and your webpage um, with all those wonderful tools that you talked about through Mighty Networks. And so are you on social media? Yes. So I you have my Facebook page, my business page is um, Lessons from the Sideline, and then Instagram is bw.walker. And so we can link that as well. Fabulous. So I ask all of our guests this one last closing question. What's your favorite or most meaningful spiritual practice right now? Right now, in the winter, it is getting up early so that I can be in a quiet house and to take care of my soul by reading scripture and to take care of my body by exercising quietly. That's lovely. That's lovely. Well, it was so good talking with you and talking more about your book. And I I just really loved it. And I would encourage our listeners to pick up a copy, no matter what your profession is, no matter what part of your life that you're in or or who you're married to, or even if you're not married, because there's there's lots of good information in there, really for anybody. And I think people who are in a relationship where one spouse or one partner or the other has a high impact job, uh, whether it be military or coaches or or even executives, it really resonates. But I do think that it's good for anybody to look at. So thank you. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so great talking with you. It was great to chat with you too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Everything is Spiritual and taking time to nourish your soul. Tune in each week for a little community and a lot of conversation or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. For more resources around spiritual exploration, restoration, and transformation, be sure to sign up on our mailing list at experiencesoulcare.com. Visit our website for information on retreats, workshops, and services from our partners. Or better yet, come visit our welcoming space in Urbana to say hi and get a steaming cup of tea. Soul Care Urban Retreat Center is a warm, welcoming, and accessible place for you to refresh, renew, and restore your mind, body, heart, and soul. We set a great big table and everyone is welcome. Until next week, be well.